Welcome to more about officership, an open and honest discussion about officership in Australia. As we move towards One Australia Territory, host Captain Matt Rees is joined by officers from across the country to discuss the challenges and rewards of being an officer today. Well, here we are, another week, another podcast. I've got some uh, special guests in the studio today. We're going to talk about dads being in ministry, very chatty dads, I can tell you. We've got uh, Captain Aaron Stovey, uh, Captain Peter Brookshaw, and Captain Matt Keane. So welcome to each of you. Hello. Uh, Thanks for having us. Well, very good. Now, why don't we start with, just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your family, your appointment, uh, all that sort of stuff. Just introduce yourself to the listeners. Go, Aaron. Oh, great. First, that's great. Well, uh, I am 29, married with two children. Um, We're currently at the Whittlesea City Corps. I've been there five years or four and a half years. Um, I've been an officer nine and a half years, or no, something like that. Um, yeah, so that's good from Melbourne originally, but sort of come back after spending some time interstate in Tasmania. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. Pete? Yeah, my name's Pete. Thanks for clarifying, Matt. Um, I'm <coughs> at Craigieburn Corps at the moment, been at Craigieburn for four and a half years with my wife, Jo, and we've got three little children. And, um, yeah, I've been an officer for eight and a half years, Aaron, because you, you were in the same session as me, so I'm eight not sure how you got a year more than I did, <laughs> but, um, yeah, just loving it, um, in the outer northern suburbs of Melbourne, just enjoying ministry. Great. Matt? Uh, my name is Matt Keane. Um, I'm married to Fiona Keane. Uh, she's my better half, by the way. Mm-hmm. She'll probably listen. <laughs> um, we are at... Uh, Hobson's Bay Corps, and we've been Salvation Army officers for seven years, uh, and we've had that appointment for as long as we've been commissioned. Yeah, great. Wow. Loving it. It's good stuff. Good. So the reason we're all here, one of them, is that uh, podcast two that we did, we had uh, all our wives in this room, and we were talking, not you didn't, well, I had them in here, and we were chatting <laughs> about being a mum in ministry, and... Uh, so then I thought, well, let's get all the dads in and let's yep. talk about what it's like to be a dad in ministry because there are different and unique challenges for, for both of those things. So if I would ask you, Pete, what yep. is it like being a dad in ministry? What would you say to me? Um, I think there's always, I mean, depending on um, the age of your children, obviously there's different um, seasons, but for us, um, our children are just kind of primary school age. I've still got a three-year-old um, drop off to childcare and just juggling things is probably a, um, an interesting thing, trying to balance life, work, ministry, um, you know, trying to balance all those things um, is sometimes difficult. Um I think also, um, you know, I've been thinking a little bit about um, previous generations that have just worked so hard in Salvation Army ministry and seen children um, kind of burn out in their their own faith and they haven't necessarily nurtured an environment where their children have kind of grown up uh, mature in the faith um, Mm. because they've been so busy. Um, Or or even get bitter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I've kind of had that lingering in my head over the years and just kind of want to get to the point where I I think I have in the last 12 months where I'm kind of comfortable with where I'm at in terms of the balance between family and involving your family, not having the children at the church every night because you've got something gone. Um, Like a simple thing, we combined our prayer meeting with our worship practice. So as soon as worship practice finishes, our prayer meeting starts. We're not out another night a week unnecessarily. So we're home having dinner around the table, you know, spending time with each other. Um, and so that, that balance in ministry, I think, has been a big thing on my mind over the years. Yeah. 
What about you, Matt? How would you answer that question? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree almost entirely, believe it or not, Pete, with what you just wow. said. Oh, uh, man, that's, that's us. We're <laughs> that's right. I would like to add, I got three kids too. They're younger, uh, seven, five, and three. And uh, I, I think sometimes you have to be intentional about involving them in, in ministry as well. Like... Uh, uh, for example, I want my kids to feel like they participate in my officership. So a way that we do that practically is uh, Samuel and Mackenzie sometimes step up and sing a worship song in yeah, church. Nice. So, I mean, it's simple, but at the same time, they they would probably call the Salvation Army their Salvation Army yeah. as much as mine. So That's good. Um, they, they've got... Uh, I've wanted to make them a part of my officership, not just a balance, but a part of it. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Oh, what about you, Aaron? Uh, probably very similar, I guess. Uh, really exploring the balance around yeah, family and ministry and actually seeing just how interconnected they are um, and you know, not necessarily it's choosing family or ministry, but I guess similar sort of things. Yeah. How can we bring some of those things together? And I think uh, particularly... We've been looking at at home, you know, are we, you know, spending as much time with our children as and, and our fa- as a family together um, as we kind of are with, with other people and even other people's kids when we're running, you know, music or something like that. Um, so, yeah, we've been, yeah, really exploring that and trying to be so intentional about uh, our day off and, and keeping it as a family day. And, I mean, people even said to us, oh, you know, wouldn't you put your kids in childcare on on the day that you have off and we're like, oh, well, we actually kind of like spending time together as a family. So that's, uh, that's been... So I'm just taking notes here. We actually <laughs> put our children in childcare when they That's day okay. Off. No, that's that's okay. okay. No judgment um, there. No, 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 none whatsoever. It's not people. a competition. <laughs> no. So yeah, we... we not a close one. Anyway. Looking, yeah. yeah, that's right. So yeah, we've, that's what we've been sort of exploring yeah. and trying to figure out, okay, where does the balance sit, you know, for, well, for both, you know, for both of us yeah. um, and, you know, how would our kids think the balance sits. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're young. Hudson's 14 months and Bella's four and a half, going on about 14. Um, but, you know, she can yeah. fairly clearly articulate when, you know, when things are a bit full on at, at, at the core or in the community and, and, you know, she picks up on that. So does she also pick up on, you know, when we're intentionally spending time together as a family? Is it regular enough for her to realise that? Yeah. So... Um, Pete, your kids are under 10? Yeah, um, very similar to Matt. I've eight, um, six, and three. Yeah, okay. So I've got nine, six, and four, and you're one, what, one and a half? And yeah, one and a bit, and four and a half. Four and a half, yeah. He's only 29. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. So, well, I mean, it is, it's a good, yeah. I mean, young kids is different, so you imagine that... Um, through different stages, like Matt, when you said about, you know, you involve your kids in your ministry, mm. yeah. uh, which I think we, or certainly I've tried to do, yeah. uh, particularly in core ministry, not so much this year, but in core ministry. But um, what happens when they get a bit older? Like, do you think about that? Do you... I'm afraid of it. Yeah. Uh, if I was going to be br- brutally so honest, I'd, I'd, I'd probably have to say I'm a bit afraid to have my kids grow up. Not so much, you know, in church or, you know, with me as a Salvation Army officer, dad, but. I think I'm uh, I'm aware that the pressures of growing into teenage years now, I mean, we've heard this a thousand times, like, you know, they're not like they used to be. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I came from a, 
a kind of a crazy past. And even some of the, the, the weird mixed up stuff that I was involved in is child's play now compared to what my kids will probably mm. see. So it does freak me out, but it it also um, f- almost forces me to make them a priority in my prayer life. Um, and it it encourages me to to speak to them. I'm I'm pretty honest and candid with my kids. I mean, appropriately, of course. But uh, like I talked to my little seven year old boy about uh, you know some of the things that. Um, society will show when it comes to women and how they're objectified. Me and my little seven-year-old boy talk pretty openly about what's right and wrong in that regard because uh, I don't want him to be too surprised by it when he sees it. So when those conversations have to come up, I, I don't really mind having them. So I am. Af- I tell the truth when I say I'm a bit afraid of, of the mm. teenage years that are going to come. I mean, I've heard, Matt, of people saying that um, you go from this practical burden of trying to get kids ready for school and things to more of an emotional burden. Um, And I'm worried when that transition happens. So all of a sudden the issue is not, um, you know, getting school lunches ready, getting the kids dressed, getting them off to school, but actually um, struggling with uh, relationships with peers and and some of the emotional pressures of high school. I'm worried when that switch happens. Um, what that's going to be like. Um, so, because I've heard, you know, even in our church of just um, parents of older kids dealing with the psychological stuff, the emotional yeah, stuff, yeah. Um, which is very different from, yeah, the practical kind of things. Um, I can deal with the practical stuff, but the emotional things, yeah. wow. Because you, know. you know it's going to come eventually, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it's, it's going to come. Because, I mean, I grew up um, in the Anglican church and... And I remember there was a morning that, that came and every Sunday morning when we were teenagers, I don't want to go to church this morning. And we had this this battle kind of going on um, with our, our parents. Um, and I really actually fear the day where my kids, and, and God, you know, I hope it doesn't happen. God forbid mm. it happens. But where they wake up and say, I don't want to go to church this morning. And, um, you know, but wait a minute, we're the ministers of this church. We have to go to church. Um, I'm hoping that day doesn't come. I hope they love ministry in the midst of, of their growing up, you know. Yeah, but the world changes because I remember saying that to my parents. I'm like, I don't want to go. Oh, it's probably 12 or 13. Yeah. I don't want to go today. And they're like, okay, get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> that's, exactly yeah. right. that's, a, that's a great speech, yeah. but just get in the car. Yeah. <laughs> I remember just saying to my dad, dad I, re- I feel sick this morning. He was like, well, church is the best place to go, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, Aaron, what about young kids involving them in ministry? And yeah, well, I mean, Bella. Obviously, our home is filled with a lot of music, so we, you know, mm-hmm. there's lots of instrument playing and singing and 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 that sort of thing. So Bella kind of has uh, shown an interest in that, and any opportunity she gets, she'll uh, sing along. And and we kind of we knew obviously that she loves singing, but we didn't quite realise just how much she takes in. So, for example, Lauren and I went and sang at a companion club recently and we took both the kids with us and uh, Bella's there colouring in in the front row and she's singing along every word Drop to every song that we Oh, yeah, well, we were hoping. We're just, we're <laughs> waiting for that time, particularly when Happy Birthday comes in, you know, waiting oh, yeah. for that third part to, you know, to come through. Um, but, you know, she's been involved. She'll um, often, if we have a call lunch or something, she's on grace duty because she loves, <laughs> loves singing. Grace. Uh, she has sung a few times at church, which she uh, quite enjoys 
also, and um, and they, you know, our, our folk really enjoy sort of what she brings to, yeah. you know, ministry in that sort of sense. Um, but she has this uh, ability kind of naturally, I think, where particularly when there's kids, she'll just come around and she'll just embrace them all. And we, we're at our core at present, we have a lot of younger kids sort of in her age age range. And so she, as soon as they're there, she's boom, she's up at the front racing down to say g'day to them and welcome them. So that's uh, really cool. And particularly we had a new family who started worshipping with us this year. And uh, one of the things that they were blown away away by was the fact that Bella was so welcoming of their kids and their kids connected in on the first day. And so they've been ever since sort of thing. So she kind of, we're not necessarily kind of intentional about saying, okay, every, you know, we'll put Bella on the roster every fourth Sunday to to, Mm. uh, sing or anything like that. But we certainly pick up when she shows a keen interest and we want to sort of encourage her her in that because, you know, it's... It's been interesting, but God knew that obviously when he called me to be a Salvation Army officer and before, you know, before I realised that, that my family were actually a huge part of that. And mm. uh, it's a huge part of my calling now and my ministry. And, I mean, we, we had a discussion, Lauren and I, recently because Bella, her best friend at kinder, is having a birthday party and the party's on at 11 o'clock on a Sunday same. morning. we got the exact same scenario yeah. happening. and so Lauren said, oh, we won't, we won't be able to go. I said, no, I think, I think you should go. I think, you know, I, you know, I can look after the service or you can, whatever. Um, but I think it's important because how else are we going to connect with other people in our community who are our own, you know, young families, mm. if every now and then we can't take the opportunity to go into their space. Plus you get the lolly bags at the end exactly of it. That's exactly right. You know, <laughs> you know, you don't get that. So if they bring an extra one for me, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. Do you take yep. the same approach, Matt, uh, to a birthday party at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning? Uh, first of all, I can't stand birthday parties. So any opportunity not <laughs> to go. Even with the lolly bags. No, can't stand. <laughs> they're just a bunch of noise. And I'm, an, I'm, an, thing I'm the inside. With. I'm a 97-year-old man. Uh, but I think... Um, what we'll do for this one, we've spoken to the parents and we'll just drop Mackenzie off. We'll let her go and we'll just handle church. And I mean, like, I don't care if she misses a Sunday service. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. But she's not allowed to miss two in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, look, as much as kids, just to digress a little bit, as much as kids are a blessing in ministry, jumpings, they can be hard work too. Like, just recently, uh, we had um, a women's camp. And I was doing the meeting by myself. And here I am with three kids in the meeting. I'm preaching a sermon. Kids running around up on the platform. It just gets, I mean. There's pressure there, isn't there? I had to look and I was like, what are you doing? In the middle of my sermon, I actually stopped. I was like, what are you doing up here? Like, get back down. <laughs> and everyone starts chuckling and laughing. I'm like, well, it's not really funny when you're up here. you got three kids running around. And I had to point to somebody in the congregation. Can you come and gra- grab my, my kid, my son? And did you tell Fiona later in the day? And she's like, yeah, welcome to my world. No, or, no, no. no? I, did, I didn't give her the you, pleasure. No. <laughs> I, I said they were fine. Everything, Except, everything yeah, worked out easy. fine. I don't, I don't see what the fuss is. Now put it on the podcast. Yeah, that's what the fuss is. That was easy. I mean, they were so well behaved. Yeah. <laughs> but it is hard. There are times when it's, yeah. when it's, it's hard. What about, so when the our wives were in here talking about, you know, mums in ministry, they talked about kids as an opportunity to sort of connect with people in the community or other families as a, as a ministry opportunity. Now, for my default position on this has normally been that it's a bit of a hindrance, if I'm honest. So, like, I've got stuff to do and the kids and... Um, how does that all kind of play it's out? Where where yeah. where they viewed it very differently. Like it's take your kids. It's an opportunity. 
I'll connect with other kids, meet other families. Uh, do, am I on my own? Are you going to send me down Can I make a gross generalisation and people yes. don't have to agree with it? But um, at, at times the, the um, position that men take in ministry is very much um, driven by um, wanting to achieve things and wanting to be active and, and sometimes the kids can feel like they get in the way of that um, desire to achieve and be busy as men, you know. Mm. Um, I, I was thinking about the other night, we had an alpha night um, and 30, 40 people were trying to cook dinner and sort of bring your own food and, you know, but no one kind of washes up, you know, you have to mm. kind of get in there. And anyway, Shekinah, my eight-year-old's running around, she wanting to talk to me and um, for about three or four times I said, not now, not now, you know. And, and I realised afterwards that I was so busy in ministry that I didn't have time to chat with my daughter. Um, mm. And other times, you know, that's okay, but I, I really felt convicted by, by God around my interaction with my daughter in that, on that moment, you know. Um, and so I think men sometimes are just driven, well, at least I am, let me speak for myself, driven to do things and be active and and kind of just get involved in, in ministry. But sometimes that's at the expense of the relationship. Um, and so I, I want to step back at times and just go, right, I need to stop stressing about what's mm. happening around about me and talk to my daughter because she wants to have a conversation, mm. you know, and I know it's a simple little thing, but, um, quite often we could just push kids aside. Yeah. Opportunity. I, uh, just to get back to your question, um, I, I, you said, um, "Do you think?" No, I'm sorry. Remind me. Remind me what <laughs> you can't remember either. <laughs> oh, no, I was it saying was, that sorry, you kind of went off. You kind of went off. I went off on it. Well, yeah. that's fine. How unusual. You know, was, what was it you said? No, I, was, <laughs> you well, asked well, I mean, I was talking deliberate. about. Oh, I remember. Yeah. You said that uh, the wives were here, and they were saying when they bring their kids, it's it's an opportunity, opportunity. for ministry. A lot of yes. times. Exactly and, what I said. Yeah, and I, and Pete made a, a valid point. I just think, when it comes to what you asked specifically, maybe the goals, uh, like Fiona and I have very different, um, have a very different agenda most often when it comes to our ministry with people, especially pe- unsaved people in the community, like unchurched, unchristian people. Um, for the most part, uh, Fiona likes to uh, establish a social life w- with people. Whereas, I mean, I could meet up with a couple of blokes and small talk gets exhaustive within mm. the first 10 minutes, not just for me, but probably for them too. Uh, I remember I remember just recently, a couple of weeks ago, I went out for a coffee with a guy and he sat down. Uh, I, I asked him a question about uh, work and he's answered it very succinct, very quickly and succinctly. And then he said, look, let's just get down to it. (laughs) So he wanted to talk about something deeper. He had some issues in his life. And, uh, you know, I I wonder sometimes if that's, or I can only speak for myself, like I go into a situation with men more deliberate than I think Fiona would would go in for... uh, I mean, that's a sweeping generalization. I can hear my wife now like, (gasps) yeah, but uh, I think generally she could probably agree. It's not to say she doesn't get to the same end eventually. Mm. I'm just saying that I think our approaches are very different. And for the most part, you know, uh, having kids around is is not going to, to help that speed along. Yeah. 
I think it probably depends on the context and what's what's happening mm. where you're trying to sort of, um, you know, connect with people. Because if I rock up to a play centre without any kids trying to connect with people, that's a little weird. Yeah. But if I'm there... creepy too. <laughs> little little creepy. There's, there's a special name for that, but anyway. Yeah, and, um, you know, so, but obviously, you know, there, there are, yeah, certainly advantage, advantages and ways to to connect through through the kids. So there are some places mm. that I might go to run services or or whatever it might be where I know, yep, yeah, absolutely, the kids will be totally welcome here and they will connect in and they will be embraced just as much, if not more, than, than I am. I'm thinking particularly of some of the aged care places that, you know, I connect in, in with. But there are some places where I'm like, yep, yeah, no, definitely not appropriate for, mm. for the kids mm. to be there, either because... Uh, the content of the conversation, the type of conversation I need to have with with people, or even just just where it's, where it's at, because I find when I catch up with people for coffee or, or whatever, I want them to be my priority. I want mm. to be you know intentional in, in connecting with them. And if it's a place that is not like a play centre, I guess where mm. the kids kind kind of just go and do their own thing, then yeah. Because oh, you're not in, you're not into school drop offs and that, you do you? No, no, childcare drop offs, kinder that. kinder drop offs. Well, I'm kind of dreading it because changer. you know I do like to talk, <laughs> and so you know I have yeah, visions of, of eleven Making o'clock. Lauren in the calling morning. me I hate saying, that. you know, I'm right still, right. Looking, <laughs> still looking for boarding school in Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't found it yet. Craigy yeah. Boom boarding school, CBS. I reckon it's got potential. We can get the clergy right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Look, as much as we don't like to to hear about it, you know, or at least you don't like to hear about it in the media. I think that, you know, mums and children seem to uh, get around uh, a lot. Well, what am I trying to say? I mean, it's it's a lot harder to connect, I think, uh, when there's a man and his children with women and children. Like, for example, I'll say, mainly music. Great program, lots of kids, lots of parents. Largely, the parents are... Uh, mums, mm, mm. largely, with the exception of maybe one or two men, I think. So when Fiona says, you know, bring the kids, I think it's just easier for mums to come together with their kids than it is for dads. Uh, I think for the most part, dads like a bit of a, a, a space, you know, to to push away and say, okay, I just need to really offload. I don't want my kids to see me offload. Mm. Sometimes it's going to get messy, you know what I mean? Whereas uh, I think it's more, uh, from what I can see, mums tend to congregate really well together as mums with kids. Uh, now, whether that's politically cor- I don't even know if you're allowed I, I to think, say that anymore, are you? I think that you? kind of comes back to what I was previously <laughs> saying, though, that men want to, uh, they tend to just are driven by doing things and... Um, yeah, maybe. And and a kind of... Um, yeah, I'm not sure what I... I'm going to stop there, otherwise I'm going to open a can of worms, <laughs> I think, in relation to gender roles and things. I but think I've already done that. Yeah, uh, thank you for that, Matt, <laughs> so I'll put that on to you. But um, I'm, when I think about opportunity of children and my kids in um, in serving God and living out their faith, um, it's been interesting now that Shekinah's eight years old, Elijah's six, um, beginning to see their kind of personality come out in who they are. I mean, they've 
always had a personality. It's not like they, you know, turn three and all of a sudden they have a personality. <laughs> but um, kind of seeing Shekinah as a creative, artistic type who is extroverted but just loves to do art stuff, um, you know, I know um, is is not going to want to be a person who is very structured and has time. But but little Elijah, you know, he's, he's as structured as anything. He would be an accountant one day and, you know, you can see um, – who God has created him to be. And, and so in ministry, there's opportunities even just in life to, to kind of bring that out, draw that out of your kids. Um, so for Elijah, it might be on the sound desk when he's mm, old, you know, mm. for Shekinah, it's, it's helping mum do some art stuff, you know, um, and trying to draw out who God has made them to be, um, and, and finding, you know, so that they can find their own faith mm. in who God has made them. You brought up about, uh, gender roles or, mm. um, and let's I just, I think Matt brought that up. Yeah, well, I don't want to take whoever it. Brought it up, yeah. Whoever brought it up, can we just thank you for bringing it up? But let's, let's talk about it for a minute. Like we, we share ministry with our wives. Yeah. That's how it works. But there are, there's cultural things around that too, from uh, the Salvation Army perspective and, and how we would live that out amongst our congregations. We'd all have stories about when, um, you know, I've been to visit people and or Claire's been to visit people and they, they're just waiting for the day that the officer comes, you know, that sort of stuff. And uh, it's not, I'm not too busy dropping ideal. them off at childcare. Yeah. <laughs> Making lunches. Yeah, um, that's right. But, and eating them. So, so the... So this is a real thing, right? Yeah, this is, a, a, and maybe it's not as prevalent as I'm making it, but what what steps do we do, do we make to ensure that um, both of our callings um, is honoured in the way we live out our core ministry or our ministry, wherever that would be? I think, um, Matt, that um, we need to be living out who we are. Um, I think in previous generations we've, automatically put males in particular roles in mm. as mm. officers and we've put women in particular roles. Now I think it's what are you gifted at? What are you actually good at? But don't you think that happens you know, when you go to a call that you automatically assume certain things and Um uh, yeah, but you've got to fight against that. You've got to say what are you what are, how am I gifted? How are you gifted? How can we work best in this mm. context? Mm. Yeah. Um otherwise you just go into um, kind of living out the same things that we whinge about from a previous generation. Mm, yeah, We've got to kind of shift that a bit and say, you know, um, like for me, I am more structured than Joe, and and I'm probably more inclined to do the finance than she is. Mm. That's not because I'm a male, but that's because that's where my gifting lies. Mm-hmm, um, mm. You know, other people are, you know, um, Captains Kim and Steve Howarth. Like Kim's more inclined to do the finance than Steve is. You know, that's mm. just gifting. Mm. If I know. did the finance of our core, our core would be broken six my months. My goodness, you know, <laughs> my wife is very much more gifted than I am when it comes to cash books. So anyway, finance side, it's about like um, how are you gifted mm. and, um, you know, work in, in that gifting because when you work out of your gifting, then you're not so, you know, down and out all the time. Like you, you're feeling powered, you feel uplifted because you, you're working in how, how God has gifted you. That's that's what you're doing and you, you yeah. feel uplifted, you know. Uh, I think um, with regards to... Uh, the historical um, labels and stuff like you suggested before, the man is the officer and the woman is yep. the officer's wife. Uh, in, in all fairness, um, at my core, I've seen zero of that. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I just lied. Forgive me. Uh, I've seen very, very, very little. And, and what I have seen of it 
uh, I think Fiona and I could agree it's almost been benign. Mm. Um, I, w- I would say ours was very minimal too, but it, it was there. That's, yeah, that's okay. Mm. And, and usually it's there among the very, very elderly, I would say. I can't speak for you. I, I can only speak in my case. Having said that, Fiona and I have uh, been deliberate and intentional about making sure our officership is uh, of equal standing. Like we, uh, w- we constantly refer to one another as core officers. Mm, mm. Uh, I don't think anyone would ever think that they could come to me and assume that I have some kind of authority that Fiona doesn't have. Mm. I don't think that would even exist in my core. Uh, I, th- I think for the most part, um, that kind of stigma, um, I think it's a, a bloated balloon, really, um, personally. I, th- I honestly believe that. I think that with a little bit of, uh, of being assertive, mm. that can quickly dissipate. Mm. Um, so nobody would argue... I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree with that. But you see, we talk before about sharing ministry and who does the cash books, and mm, mm. which is all uh, behind the scenes. I mean, mm, it's, yeah. it's mm. crucial to what mm. we need to do, sure. but it's behind the scenes. But then it's the public ministry stuff. So if we say, "Well, oh, look, I'll do the preaching and you do all the cash books," like <laughs> I know that. I, I don't mean, think. They're, they're, no, I'm not saying you think that, but I'm saying there's there, there is still this. Um, there also is a public ministry yes. as well. I'll put something out on the table. I'm not okay. sure if it's going to be, you know, welcomed, but you've got to put up with it now. I think we're live. Uh, I don't think a man or a woman should be allowed to forfeit the preaching. I think that for the sake of our a couple in officership. No, I, would, I, I would actually agree with you. Yeah. I think for the sake of a couple yeah. being seen as a unit, a single unit as officers, I think the platform ministry is extremely significant. Yep. And people, whether we like it or not, People regard that as a place of authority. And I would not, I wouldn't like it at all. And I wouldn't support Fiona's decision if she wanted to forfeit that part of her ministry and turn it over to me. I enjoy preaching, but I think equally it needs to be her ministry as much mm. as my own. You guys the, share? Uh, yeah, we share the pulpit. I'm, um, I love to preach. So I, at um, Craigieburn, I tend to preach twice a month. Joe preaches once a month and we have a guest speaker um, the other month. Um, I think that, again, I talk about just working and gifting, so I think I'm gifted preacher, so I preach. Um, but that's not to say Joe doesn't preach, so that doesn't mm. go against what Matt's saying. But um, I think historically and even today the reason we have um, a department talking about equity and, and things is because um, I, I think at times women haven't always been given the same opportunity as men to express who they are in, in Christ. Um, I mean, even not just in, within Salvation Army circles, but like, for instance, up in Palmerston, um, when we were there up in Darwin, um, Northern Territory, um, you know, we, uh, we did a uh, Anzac Day service and we're leading the dawn service. And, um, you know, I said, um, Joe said, you know, I wouldn't mind laying the reef on behalf of the Salvation Army. So um, the guy gets up and says, um, Captain Peter Brookshaw's wife, Joe, oh, no. is going to lay the reef. Uh, oh, I tell you. <laughs> wow. You know, that was like a, a rag to a, a red rag to a boy. Was he just stating a fact? Um, but, <laughs> but this year at Craigieburn, um, you know, 
Joe and I were standing together um, doing the the Lord's Prayer and, and, you know, leading a couple of thoughts in the Antarctic in the Anzac Day service together, mm. captains, Peter and Joe Brookshaw, mm. like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. a little thing, but it's that kind of constant kind of um, pushing down of feeling maybe at times that, that there is an equity in the relationship. Um, yeah. I think as men, we need to kind of just champion um, women in ministry. Um, I think we're, we've moved a long way from a generation ago, but I think there's still more work to be done. I also think that women need to champion women in ministry. Well, thank you, Matt. I agree. Uh, I'm. Uh, uh, go ahead. No, no. I, <laughs> I get the feeling I might have said enough. No, no but I, 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 I do believe that women need to champion women. That there needs to be examples for women, and yeah. there needs to yeah. be, um, you know, that really the accountability, like there would be, there should be for all of us, would mm. be on on mm. women as well in ministry. I think we need to be champion equality. Yeah. I don't think we should be putting any person, a man or a woman, in any position yeah. unless they're fit to be there. Like, I think it's a bit silly that we would put a man in a position because he's a man. I think it's equally silly to put a woman in mm. a position I, because I she's a woman. I think it's got to come back to how you're gifted and, and um, you know, the right person for the right positions. That's what needs to happen. Yeah. With yeah. Man or woman. Yep. What about you, Aaron? Do you... Well, I've just been thinking, um, I come, I have a bit of a different kind of experience of, of officership and ministry with mm-hmm. Lauren because I was an officer for, I don't know, six years or something before Lauren became an officer. So, in fact, in our current appointment, I was there when for two years. When did you go years, to college? Uh, before puberty. So, oh, uh, yeah, no, okay. um, when I was 19. <laughs> 19. So, I was a, yeah. I could shave once a month. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Um, so it's interesting in terms of the gender stuff at our core because our core is 20-ish years old. Um, so it's not, um, you know, a core that's been sort of well-established and been around forever. But I, I remember my very first uh, core council meeting when I had arrived at this uh, current appointment and uh, they said, oh, well, we'll need to find someone else to cook the community lunch because there's not an officer's wife. And I was like, oh, Ouch. I quite like cooking. I could probably, <laughs> you know, do something. So it was interesting because they recognised that because there was only... Um, a single officer going to the core, following a couple, that there would be um, some areas that were lacking. Like, well, so they thought women's ministries, but I'm actually quite passionate about women's ministries. World so, president uh, of women's <laughs> ministries right. sitting right here. That's the running joke in our uh, in our session. Um, and it's it's interesting because obviously being there for two years, you kind of just assume to do do mm. things. And um, in my second year there, we had an a, an associate officer join or join me, we were the team. <laughs> and so preaching sort of changed a bit then. And then um, it was Marie, uh, and then Marie got a new appointment. Lauren came to the core, and we kind of balanced it up 50-50 platform sort of stuff. Mm. Um, and behind the scenes, we kind of just worked to our giftings. And then after a year of being there, we had June come and join our team. And so all of a sudden, there's three. And we're like, oh, okay. So at, as it stands sort of at the moment, I'll um, preach probably, you know, once to twice a month. June will do... Uh, one of the preachers, Lauren will do one of the preachers at, at present, but we are all um, visible, like sort of yeah. up front yeah. every yeah. week. We're always all sort of participating. But it's interesting, uh, you know, um, because when Lauren started at the core, I was sort of like, okay, am I prepared to hand over things that I've been doing for the last couple of years? Not 
not because she's a woman, not because she's my wife, but just because I really like doing certain things and, and sort of going, okay, well, I don't have to be leading or overseeing everything because mm. now obviously we're working working together. I mean, Lauren was similar to what Pete was saying. Lauren was horrified not so long ago. There was a, a lady from the core and uh, Lauren went to her, I think it was her 80th birthday party and she introduced uh, Lauren as the officer's wife who looks after the children's ministry. And Lauren was like, right. And from that moment, things changed because <laughs> it wasn't, you know, I mean, that's, yeah. well, she, she coordinates kids' church stuff. She's not always out there at all. But we kind of, yeah, we balance that obviously again based on our, our giftings. And, um, yeah, so we, we haven't seen a huge amount of, oh, well, you know, Lauren has to do this because she's the woman or Aaron has to do this because he's the man. What, what about um, courses and conferences and stuff like that? Like one of the, when the, the mums were chatting that um, there's sort of particularly, well, no, so I, should, I won't throw anyone else under the bus, <laughs> but in our context it was like, Oh, we get this invite. One of you can go to this conference. And it usually, well, it would always be me. I yep. would go and I would say, Claire, look, I'm happy for you to stay home and look after the children and I'll be back in a week. <laughs> I'll make that sound. <laughs> we're still live now. We're still live <laughs> now. To, to be quite... We're, we're, we've all got our price to pay. So if, if you... <laughs> if you if I, and I would do that. Um, but what, what we found was that I, I was getting experiences and sort of training and equipping in other areas that, that she wasn't. Mm. Now... It probably only comes apparent now, not because uh, either of us are unable to do what we're doing, but on reflection, I think actually we didn't, we didn't actually get that right. I think uh, in our case, so just to look at the organisation in this territory as a whole then, to balance it, uh, the opposite would be true in my marriage. So the opportunities that have come to our officership let's say from THQ, would you like to be involved in this, have been offered to Fiona. Now, that may be because they perceive me to be a bit more of a gamble than her, but nonetheless, mm. uh, uh, no, I don't mind that. that. That doesn't bother me at all. Uh, but you're seeing it, so from your end, it looked like it was off balance, but when you consider both our couples together, there's a balance. Yeah. Do you understand? If I understand. Yes, okay. Yeah. But were you saying... Um, Matt, that you were both invited and, and the decision was made that you would generally go or that you were invited? I was generally invited. Okay. But yeah. even if it was a one can go yeah. or we would one prefer one to, you know, we, we want one of you there. Yeah. Um, it usually was me. For, for us, it's now, we, um, I think Joe made a good comment to me the other, it's not about so much how many times one of us goes to something, but do we both have the opportunity to, to go yeah. if we so decide. And so I think for us at the moment, it's kind of like looking at opportunities for something and then deciding what's going to work. Should I go? Should you go? Yeah, but there are other things at times where, you know, like you're saying about Fiona, Matt, um, you know, getting invited to go to something because of the particular role that Fiona has or whatever, mm. or like Joe going off to, um, to paint, a, you know, a canvas at some event. I mean, you know, I'm not going to be going off to that one because, <laughs> you know, um, you know that's not going to work out very well. Um, I think it's about opportunity and – but when those, you know, um, things come up where both are invited, I think you've got to have a discussion. Mm. I think uh, Fiona and I were talking a little while ago. Uh, you brought up conferences and stuff, being invited to go to different things. But uh, uh, 
just to change it a little bit to um, to to when you're there at the conference. I remember a while ago, it was probably a couple of years ago now, I was at a, a bit of a Salvation Army shindig with um, a bunch of speakers, and Janet Munn spoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was powerful, it was deep, and uh, uh, it was a really, really good presentation. Um, now, could a man have gotten there and done the same thing? Uh, maybe, but the fact is I was hearing a woman speak about something that was convicting. Uh, it, it taught me a lot, and it challenged me to be a better Salvation Army officer. And um, w- we had a discussion about, you know, how frequently do you hear uh, speakers do that? Not just women speakers, mm-hmm. but m- male speakers too. And um, I, ha- I have to say, and it, at first it didn't sound very nice, but um, Janet was so encouraging to me to hear a woman get up there and not mention that she was a woman. Do you understand? Like mm-hmm. she came mm-hmm. and presented, first of all, the scriptures. She came as a teacher and she came as someone that I wanted to hear from. Many times, I think, uh, now this is my opinion, too often I've heard women squander the opportunity and talk about women being in leadership more. Instead of, you know, instead of that, I'd, you know, I'm, I'm getting tired of that. Uh, I'd rather just hear you open something that I can bring practically into my ministry, you know, and I'll eat out of your hand. <clears throat> I don't care yeah. whether you're a male or female or anything else. So, um... I Even, think sometimes that needs I, to be realized as well. Can I just push back on that? Matt? You can just push a, back, but I'm um, not going to fall. Are, are, you then, <laughs> are you then suggesting that um, it's because women haven't stood up and be the leaders that they're meant to be that has caused inequity? No. You just made that up. No, I didn't say okay. that at all. <laughs> You're Good. trying to get me in more trouble than I, I got am, myself I in. I want to. I want. I'll get myself to in trouble. I'll not let you get me. We'll in get in trouble. Uh, okay. So awesome. back to dads in ministry. The whole point of the podcast <laughs> is to, uh, for people who are exploring ministry. Some have families. Some are thinking about having families. Um, what what sort of things do we? What practical things do we say to people um, who are exploring ministry who have young kids as fathers? What 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 can we speak? that would hopefully be some sense of encouragement, um, but also realistic. Is is the assumption that they are called? It's a valid question. Yes, yeah. So we're assuming that this person that yes. we're talking to is called by God to be a minister. Correct. As far as I'm concerned, the discussion ends there. there your, your calling, God is not stupid. He, he's... Uh, he, in, he, your calling encompasses your wife, encompasses your children, encompasses everything that will come. And if you're called, no door can close in front of you. And that, in and of itself, is enough to get you through anything that you I agree. go through. Mm. Yeah. yeah, your calling is—it's yeah. got to be. It's the only certain thing. I—I th- I hope we can all agree as officers, it's the only certain thing you have when everything seems to lose its bottom. You—you mm. can—you can. You can always fall back on the fact that God is unchanging and he gave me a sincere and certain conviction that a Salvation Army officer is the way for me and he also knew I had a family. So I don't think that, you know, the discussion or the, um, you know, the 
the mulling over the thoughts of should I go into ministry, should I be an officer, I think those questions are largely irrelevant. If you're certain of your calling, that calling is non-negotiable. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I think I don't it's think helpful, though, um, to give some practical advice. Yep. Apart from sure. that. So um, from that, let's yeah, go. Yeah, that's sure, right. I, I mean, agree. I'm presuming, that's I mean, fine. people are kind of exploring, yeah, you know, I, I doubt that people, if they're feeling strongly convicted that the Lord has called them to be in full-time ministry as an officer, I doubt that they're going to say, oh, but we can't do that because we have a family. I think they'll understand that, you know, that's all part of the calling. But what are, what are some of the practical mm. ways as officer dads that we can say, oh, well, you know, this is really important, like spending time with your family. That's yeah. pretty important in ministry, mm. <laughs> um, which is, you know, is, 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 is part of our calling as well. Because, I mean, I think, Pete, you mentioned it uh, or alluded to something earlier. I mean, gosh, I've got friends even my own age in, in their 20s and perhaps a little older who have told me stories of, of their parents who are wonderful, wonderful Salvation Army officers and wonderful, wonderful parents. But some of my friends, one friend in particular told me a story where they had to make an appointment to talk with their father because life was so busy and ministry was so busy and, and their appointment was so busy that, you know, he, he actually sent an email and said, can I book in this time with you? Now, I never want to be so busy that I have to uh, say to, to my, my beautiful Bella or Hudson, oh, sorry, you know, take a number and wait in line. And so I guess in terms of, um, you know, being called to be a Salvation Army officer, but also being called called to be a dad as mm. well, that, you know, mm. I want to make it a pro- I want to make, I do want to make my family a priority because I believe that I honour God in, in doing that. And it's been a mindset change for me because when I was a single officer and even when <laughs> I was an officer who was married um, before Lauren went to college and before Bella came along, um, gosh, I, honestly, I, I confess I could be finding myself at the hall at three o'clock in the morning because there was no one at home to say, hey, you didn't come home last night. What are you doing? Oh, I'm doing Samus or I'm doing this or, doing you know. You're doing Samus at 3 a.m. in the morning? Well, you know, it's because Who most people. Samus? Wow. Because <laughs> when I was in Tassie and everyone else was asleep, okay, so when they're awake, I could do the people stuff. <laughs> For those that don't know, Salvation Army Mission Information <laughs> Service. So, you know, like that's one of the things is, you know, so a practical thing could be, okay, it's easier said than done, but when you get into an appointment, you know, for people, candidates or potential candidates who are exploring what, what this might mean for them, when you get into an appointment, make your day off a priority. Make it make time with your family a priority. Put things in place where you go, okay, you know, I don't know, every Monday night we're going to make sure rain, hail or shine that we're going to be, you know, meeting together as a family. We're having dinner around and the table. And that could all happen in one day in and Melbourne too. In Melbourne, First that's time right. I've ever heard hell lumped with weather. <laughs> so, um, you know, that... Yeah, that sort of. Yeah. Okay. Thing. I misinterpret. I must have misinterpreted the way that you led the question. I thought uh, you were saying for someone who is um, exploring. In fact, I think you did say someone who's exploring the avenue of officership. Yep. How does it look for someone with children? How does it, you know, yeah. practical? I think yeah. I think you both answered the question. It, uh, maybe I'm just a bad question asker. <laughs> no, no, no. But, no, no, uh, no, no, but no. I think it's right. The other thing I heard, the, um, you know, and I'm not talking about people specifically, but scenario recently with someone who's who stepped out of ministry and, and there seems to be this, like, huge surge of people that, you know, everyone's cheering them on because they've done the right thing by their family. And, and I think how, how do we contend with that when we know that honouring or following a call that God gives you is actually... That's it's almost the suggestion is that by staying in ministry, 
that you don't care for your family. You're not looking after your family or you're, you're not putting your family as a priority because I think I think you can. You can do both things. I um, am thinking a lot about over the years, um, eight and a half years, I've been in office. Uh, um, we used to talk about in training college about, um, I think it's attributed to Socrates, but know thyself. You know? And I used to kind of roll my eyes, know thyself, what what are you going on about? But when, when you begin to understand who you are and who God's created you to be, and you understand what pushes your buttons, what gets you angry, what doesn't, you know, what what causes you to to feel a bit down or what lifts you up. And when you yeah. understand more of that, um, I think you'd be more effective in, in ministry. Um, and I think um, as, as dads in ministry, um, like for me, if – um, if I can identify my emotions, when I can identify what's, you know, someone at headquarters says something to me and it triggers off, I just get frustrated or something and I can work out, okay, what's happening there? All right. You know, I, I'm a bit annoyed because I didn't feel appreciated for something that I felt I needed to be appreciated for and and therefore you know, I need to deal with my own low self-esteem. Whatever. When you can deal with all that sort of emotional intelligence stuff and mm. things, I think... Um, when things get difficult in ministry and you're trying to get the balance happening, um, you're not, for me personally, I'm not running around trying to prove myself to someone in Salvation Army land out there, um, you know, and um, and I can actually spend time with my family and be okay with that and leave something undone over here yeah. um, that if I had low self-esteem or, mm. or I had this kind of um, comparison mindset thing going on, I would, would neglect the children in order to prove myself to someone else, you know. But I think, Pete, so, well, certainly for me, sometimes it's not just the expectations that we perceive uh, others place on us, it's the self-expectation. Absolutely. It's sort of like, well, I, I want to be effective and this is how I'm going to, you know, yeah. show that by doing this, this, this and this. And yep. so sometimes, well, certainly for me, it's a battle within myself yep. between um, my own expectation um, on, on myself and my own standard of, of living and, and ministry and what that might, might look like yeah. versus, well, you're the only one putting yourself under this particular yeah, strain sort right. of thing. You're like, oh, okay, well, mm. you know. And for me that that means a lot because if I can, you know, just spend time with my kids having a milkshake down at the shops and not feel guilty about the fact that, you know, something's been left undone mm, or mm. I haven't quite, you know, I haven't been praying as long as what, <laughs> you know, some people want me to or I haven't done as much pastoral care as, you know, people want me to or whatever. Mm. Um and I'm spending time with my kids and I'm in that moment enjoying the time with my kids instead of trying to, um, you know, kind of prop up low self-esteem or anything like that, you know? Mm. I think uh, I th I th it's still practical, I would say, to any person who's, you know, especially if they're a young dad, uh, coming into Salvation Army officership, recognize the call that God has placed on their life and want to honor that. Uh for me personally, I remember, I always remember, I'm a Salvation Army officer's kid. My, my parents are officers. And it was a, I went off the rails for a long time, but for what that was, it was a great upbringing. Um, you know, there was struggles and stuff, but I really enjoyed um, uh, the Salvation Army officer kid life. I mean, kids aren't stupid. They're smart. They're clever. And I think my kids know that when I'm confident that God is ultimately in charge, when God is calling the shots in our family, my kids know that they're going to be all right. I, 
they might not have, you know, every detail uh, mm-hmm. in their heads and understand all that's going on. But when they know that dad is, first of all, on his knees, uh, they're going to be taken care of too. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any doubt. I honestly yep. don't think. And for anybody coming in, I would say, first and foremost, make your relationship with God clear and apparent to your children so that they know to model it. Yep. <coughs> Matt, you should have your own podcast, mate. That was amazing. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm too irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, uh, our time's nearly up. So any final pearls of wisdom from either of you? It's been a good conversation. We could probably do this again and talk about some other stuff, but... You'll have to clear it with my wife. I know. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, what are you scrolling down? Oh, I mean, I, I'm just thinking about... Um, it's really just kind of putting what Matt said into other other words, but keeping the main thing the main thing in the midst of the busyness of mm. of ministry and officership. Um, it's got to be about Jesus. It's got to be about leading people to Jesus, mm. making disciples, reconciling the world back to Christ, um, and not getting lost in the midst of, of all the other demands that don't necessarily play into that. Um, and, and the children... Yeah, I kind of, right from the start of the podcast, I think I created a a kind of compartmentalised family ministry and things. I don't actually think it's that compartmentalised. Your your kids are in there, you're in ministry, you're doing it together, you're you're loving Jesus, you know, the kids are hopefully loving Jesus at the same Mm. time and and together you're wanting to make a difference. And, um, you know, if you can keep the main thing the main thing, then, um, you know, all the other stuff maybe doesn't matter as much. Just keep focused on Jesus. Go on, Aaron. Yeah, I'll say yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. I agree. Well, I, just say I, what I Pete said. Just what, say. what Pete said. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> we don't always agree. No. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> but no, yeah, right. I, I think I yes, said I something around it earlier around, you know, again, same sort of thing, why we seem to do it. And I think we do it kind of more than, than others, I guess, but, you know, separate family, ministry, officership, this, like, you know, when yeah. actually it's, mm. it's all it's all tied in together. And, and I love that, um, you know, Bella's just started going to Bush Kinder on a Tuesday. It's a program that they run where they go walking through. They walk past the core and Bella tells everyone, everyone, that's my church. That's my church. That's where Jesus lives. That's, that's where Jesus church. lives. And uh, to the point where... Um, he lives in Whittlesea. Yeah, yeah, well... Seriously, you know, that's crazy. Mill Park, actually, but, you oh, know, Park, just thought yeah. I'd tell you. Um, and uh, to the point where her teachers have said, oh, we've seen where Jesus lives and all of, our, all of the kids <laughs> in her class are like, oh, we are... You know, and, and so I want... I would hate for anything I do um, or don't do to jeopardize or to stand in the way or to be a barrier for my children loving and serving the Lord. And I think, you know, if we continue to separate ministry and family that, you know, they'll kind of separate that as well. And so, you know, we, yeah, similar, I guess, to what Matt was saying, I want, you know, them to kind of see Lauren and I and go, we want to have a relationship with Jesus like that where, you know, we can tell our friends about him and um, and that we can serve him in whatever, you know, context that is. Yeah. I, th- I think that the revelation for me, even just in our chat this last hour or so, is that we can spend too much energy trying to separate them mm. and trying to, and it's not perfect, um, but it's, it's okay. Mm. I think that's the key thing. Yeah. Matt, did you want to say anything? close no I think I've 
used up all my pearls of wisdom. <laughs> that's, that's about all I got. Well, used both of them up. Yeah, that's oh, it. That's <laughs> you went too early. All right, well, uh, thanks, guys. Um, Thank you. Thanks, Pete, Matt. Aaron, and Matt for uh, coming in and sharing. And uh, hopefully we get to do it again some stage. Great, great. Thank I'm you. I'm sure there'll be a demand. <laughs> I would imagine so. Thanks for joining us for more about officership. You can join the conversation at facebook.com forward slash SA Candidates Australia. If you want to explore officership further, please speak to your local core officer or candidate secretary. The Salvation Army needs more leaders. Is God asking for more of you?